0: quite unusual hello hello and welcome from 471 feet below sea level we are currently in a submarine that's manned by a game boy controller controller mm-hmm. uh an actual game a Boy. playstation controller no it turns out we've just been playing Game Boy the whole time and we thought we were steering i thought that was the titanic we just saw though no we're actually just playing pokemon gold right now F- and actually this isn't a submarine this is an attic oh oh shit i know shit life comes at you fast man well <laughs> Uh, you guys are listening to the pi-
1: quite the pipe the quite unusual podcast.
0: We we are the quite unusual podcast. We are your
1: hosts. I'm Noelle. I'm Nicole, and we are not recording at
0: the in, in the Titanic right now. No, we're actually in a pineapple under the sea. Hmm. Quite unusual. God, that doesn't really fit. Doesn't no, it? it? Doesn't. <laughs> Good, <laughs> nice try, though. Thank you. Um, we did something super fun on Friday. We last did Friday. We did.
1: I don't know if anyone listening attended, but we were asked to join What's Up Weirdo podcast live and friends, and we got to talk to some pretty cool people.
0: Yeah, it was super, super fun, super, super cool. You can watch the video of it on What's Up Weirdo's YouTube channel. That's YouTube slash What's Up Weirdo. And also, if you guys don't subscribe to them already, Listen please, to them. please do. They're so fucking good. They're so fucking cool. So shout out to Woopod. Woopod. Woo Pod, Woo, pod, woo, woo, woo
1: pod. and shout out to Joshua Darian, yes. who is a TikTok TikToker, TikToker, TikToker
0: extraordinaire. TikToker.
1: He does um, like true crime, paranormal history. You know all yeah. All he that. like
0: does like a lot of the southern stuff, which I think mm-hmm. is so interesting. Yes. So like thick. It's like that thick research, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So check him out on TikTok. He's
1: also on Instagram. I think he's on Twitter. All the socials. Joshua Who's Darian. Who's not on
0: all the socials. Right, right. Social meets. Yeah, so uh, it was all of us. We were chatting away. It was super fucking cool. Um, highly recommend you listen to that one. And yeah. if you're not already following them, please do so. Please do. Your spooky mama and papa demand that you do. Hello. Bill is on one today. I've got a cat on my lap now. She was licking your leg. And she then was. she came over and touched me to scared the shit out of me and then she's back and she's, <laughs> she's from outer space she, now she's back from outer space
1: um, so today we've uh, we've escaped heaven's gate we didn't go on the comet we're here we're still no it here. was crazy
0: it was like we got there and then I was like, okay, here's my passport and they're like this is expired and I was like, well that's on you and they're like well <laughs> actually you're supposed to get a new one and I said it takes too long to get have you tried to get a new passport lately It takes like six months. Yeah. So why can't you just let me get on Hail Bob? And they're like, Yeah, we're they not said gonna. no.
1: They said no. So unfortunately, we're still here yeah. on Earth. I believe they threw around the words
0: belligerent and I don't know. So we're still here. So
1: weird. Why would anyone describe you as that? That's, I don't.
0: I've been described as belligerent and numerous. <laughs> so I don't want to brag, but. But um, this week we have another, uh, well, we have like a
1: a ghosty story. What is this? I don't know anything about
0: this. I'm so excited. So, this
1: is a story that I had never heard of before, which is shocking given my obsession with the paranormal and yours as well, actually. (laughs) And the location. The location, 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 location. So, this topic actually came as a suggestion. From one of our cult leaders, Katie T. Shout out, Katie. And it takes place in our home state of Illinois. I believe it's pronounced Illinois. Um, I believe you're wrong, ma'am. I believe that's wrong. (laughs) FYI to everyone listening, the S is in fact silent in Illinois. Wow, Well. It's okay. Remember when we were having trouble? (laughs) Oregon. (laughs) Oregon. Oregon? It's
0: Oregon. Like Oregon now. Or like is it Oregon? Oregon? How does It's like oregano? D- it's Oregon. The, the natives say or, it. Or I don't even know. You know like when you say a word too many times and it just fully loses all meaning? Sounds, yeah. Yeah. That's sounds I'm like at. you're
1: saying it. And then you go on Google Pronounce and it pronounces it in a completely different way. You've never even it's
0: heard. It's like, ooh, It's like, what? <laughs> What's happening?
1: Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if you've got if do you have any more banter that you'd like to banter about.
0: Uh, no, we actually got a, a review recently that said that we, <laughs> we bantered, bantered too hard. hard. They said cut down on the banter. Banter too hard. Uh, so I'm done banting for the day. Motherfuckers trying to find us. They fucking they hate us because we. Banter too much. That's, yes, that's exactly what right, I don't like Well,
1: uh, we'll keep it under uh, seven minutes for you guys. I'm going to banter so fucking hard later <laughs> in this episode, though. You watch out. You watch out. Be prepared. There will be banter. I'm just going to disclaimer, okay?
0: Banter it up. All right. So shall we get into it? Yes. I'm very excited to learn what this is.
1: Okay. So if you haven't guessed by the title, this story takes place in the small, small town of Watsika, Illinois. And what kind of a geography podcast would we be if we didn't talk a little bit about the
0: location? What I, I love two things about our show. Number one, that we are the foremost geography podcast mm-hmm. in the entire world. And there's no evidence otherwise. No. And the second thing I love is that we always do, we always do it on accident. But we're like, if you haven't seen the title, like, who's not looking at the title?
1: <laughs> That's another thing. Everyone's looking at the title.
0: If you guys haven't already read the title. So anyways. (laughs) Yeah, tell us about the geography.
1: Watsika, Illinois is a city in Iroquois County in Illinois. And it is also the county seat. It is located approximately 15 miles west of the Illinois-Indiana state line of U.S. Route 24. 85 miles south of Chicago, but still north of Springfield and Champaign. So... I don't know if you could call it Central Illinois. It's kind of like midway between between Chicago and Central Illinois. So North Central? Yeah, I guess. No one get pissed off at me for calling it that. I don't, everyone
0: get mad at her. Everyone
1: get mad at me. <laughs> As of the 2010 census, uh, Watsika's, popul- population, population. Population. Watsika's population was only 5,255 people. Which was actually a 7.3 decrease from the 2000 census. Oh wow! So not a lot going on in Wauzeka, Illinois. Nothing but
0: people leaving.
1: You catch my drift? I did check the wiki on famous people, and no one really stood out besides young adult author P.C. Cast. I don't know who that is. Who uh, she wrote the young adult book series House of Night. You I mean, ever hear about that? No? no.
0: I live in a house and sometimes it's night. <laughs> well, I
1: really hope someone listening uh, has also read this because I used to be obsessed with it. Um, but I will say I tried rereading the series about three years ago and the series does not stand up if you're a like, 29-year-old woman. I hate
0: when that happens. So... <laughs> Um, I do want to bring something up that I recently looked up about Watsika because I knew we were doing the Watsika Wonder. Oh, okay. I know nothing about this story at all. Good. She's going in blind. But I have some very exciting news in regards to what's kind of been going on in Watsika. All right. Give us us what's been going on. Give us the deets. Okay. So last year. Okay. Yes. 2022, the year of our Lord. Mm -hmm. There were in, in Iroquois County three hundred and nine thousand five hundred acres of corn planted and wow. almost all of those acres were harvested that's almost as many acres as there are people living there yeah so i amazing s- that's what's been going
1: down there so if you like corn i do not i d- hate corn um but if you like corn
0: chances are you've eaten corn from watsika i guess possibly possibly maybe that's it. That's all I know about this whole story. All right. There's a shit ton of corn. And
1: also, there is a lot of corn in Watsika. I didn't have that. I just added that in right now. Thanks, wow. Noah.
0: Nice improv. <laughs> Those classes you've been taking are really paying off. <laughs> they are. They they <laughs> truly are. Um, Watch out, SNL.
1: <laughs> anywho, Niche.com gave it a rating of a C oh. and said most residents are... Retirees just looking for a quiet place to retire and grow some corn, I guess. But the town wasn't always a snoozy retiree town.
0: Wait, I just wanna. That's so mean that they rated the city a C. What does that even? I. So they judge by. I don't like, know if you like ever if looked at like. Want to live there? No. They judge
1: on like crime. Oh, um, like. I guess like the, the um, quality, quality like the activities you can do. There's like a bunch of things that they go by. It's not just like there's too much corn here. Give it a C. It's like there's a bunch of things like what you can do, like what activities are around, oh, how wow. many people live there, demographics, like crime ratings and stuff like that. So wow. I'm going to say this is probably a C because there's not much happening. It's just like a bunch of corn everywhere. So
0: That's crazy. I'm going to look up what... Oh, keep going. I'm going to look up uh, <laughs> what number the best places is to live.
1: Oh, I've done it before. There's a, there's quite a few. They're all very, very, very expensive, and I will never be able to live there. But, uh, That's yeah. so sad. Oh, the, the nightlife got a B plus. Oh, at, in so, Mazika, Sure did. <laughs> a lot of corn happenings. It's popping. Corn Just parties. Children of the corn. Um, back in the late 1800s, a story would rock this tiny town, bringing nationwide attention to Watsika, Illinois. And that story would be the story of the Watsika Wonder, which involves two separate families. We have the Roth Roth family and the Venom family, which,
0: cool last name, right? Super cool, but every time I hear the word Venom, I think of that Eminem song that he venom wrote. Venom, Venom. Yes, that he wrote for the movie Venom. And then just said venom like a bunch of times repeatedly, and that was the song. But he was Eminem, so like he could get away with it. Every time I see or hear the word venom in my head, I go venom, venom, venom. Every time, there's no lyrics, just him saying venom over and over again. Yeah.
1: So these two families lived on two opposite sides of town. They did not know each other very well. The men of the households knew each other in passing, but like that was it. So they weren't friends. They were paths didn't cross. They were opposite sides of the town. That's going to be important information. Okay. so our story first starts with a girl named Mary Roth and Mary Roth was known to have cataleptic fits, which began when she was just an infant and continued on and got a lot worse as she grew older. What
0: is a cataleptic fit?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) It happens to a person who has catalepsy.
0: Okay.
1: What is catalepsy, you ask?
0: Please tell me it involves kittens.
1: Why, yes, I will tell you that question that you asked me. (laughs) Catalepsy is a nervous condition, and according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it puts the person in a trance-like state marked by loss of voluntary motion in which the limbs remain in whatever position they are placed.
0: Oh, okay. So it's like your body kind of like freezes.
1: Yeah. So basically it causes a person's body to become stiff and rigid just out of nowhere, almost as if they're dead. But they're alive still, but they just like can't move. Oh my God. It's almost like rigor mortis, but they're still living.
0: And she had this as a child? Yes. That started awful. when she was
1: younger and then progressively got worse. Which also sounds scary AF. Yeah, dude, that sounds so scary. And it can be a symptom of Parkinson's and epilepsy
0: and can also be a symptom of cocaine withdrawal. Okay, all super sad, but it is reminding me of those fainting goats, which is kind of cute. Fainting fainting
1: (laughs) goats. It can be caused by schizophrenia treatment using antipsychotics like haloperidol and can also be brought on by using ketamine. So there are certain things that can cause this to happen in a person, but yeah, mostly it's just like a medical condition. Super sad. So when Mary got older, she told her parents, Dorothy and Asa Roth, that she could speak to spirits when she was in her cataleptic trances, which both intrigued and concerned her parents and also the people in town.
0: Do you know if a person that's having one of these episodes can speak or are they completely frozen?
1: I think that they can because um, in some, I mean, further on, Mm -hmm. we'll see that, like, they do talk when they're, I think there are different levels of the, like, the trance or the fit. Like, some, you might be, like, still mobile. I don't know if you completely go as rigid, like right off the bat and just like frozen, Yeah. I think there are different like levels to the fits. Like sometimes it could be worse than others.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: So some people saw it as a sign of possession or being in supernatural or like being of a supernatural nature while others just believed it was like a medical anomaly.
0: And this is the 1800s. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Which I think we can say they probably didn't understand catalepsy very well in the mid-1800s, but there was also some really creepy things happening with Mary also, so that's kind of what led people to be like, wait, is there something paranormal going
0: on? Oh, totally, and I mean in the mid-1800s, like, we don't have a very firm grasp, like... Surgeons are also still barbers at this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we don't know what's going to cure you. We're just going to bleed all this blood out of you and see if it
0: works. Oh, I see. She's got too much blood in her body. Exactly. Put some leeches on it and cut her open. (laughs) That's literally what they did. That'll make her go to sleep. We're just like pumped everyone with
1: morphine. That was another technique. Replace all her blood with morphine. That'll help her.
0: (laughs) So... Mary, smoke this tobacco, child, you'll be <laughs> fine. Just, I fucking love. We got to do like old-timey old timey, like medical practices. Got, yeah. we got to do an episode on that, man. That would be pretty fun.
1: Pretty fun. It's fucking crazy. So Mary supposedly was able to read any book while completely blind- blindfolded. Sometimes her fits would last Hours long, and it would take five grown men to hold her down. Oh, wow. She was like superhuman strength sometimes. Medical understanding of catalepsy was extremely limited in the 1800s, and effective treatment options were basically non-existent. So Mary used
0: her own methods to try to gain some relief. So I think that's super interesting that you were saying um, that it can be brought on by like cocaine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I hope this isn't, like, ruining anything, because I literally have no idea what's going to happen, but literally, like, 9 out of 10 medicines had, like, cocaine in them. Yeah. And, like, food had cocaine in it. Coke? And, like, literally Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Like, everything had cocaine in it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's possible,
1: but... Um... I mean, this was so far back yeah. in the day that no one ever really figured out
0: where her fits came from. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm sure. there's no way to find out yeah. now, definitely.
1: But that is definitely but, a possibility. It's just kind
0: of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That like, oh, well, now we know if you feed your children a bunch of cocaine, it's probably not good for their nerves. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll have catalepsy from it. No one else. <laughs> oh, no So Mary used- That's why a lot of bankers and finance people have catalepsy now, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. 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 Oh, just finance kinda... bros. Yeah. So, like I said, there were no treatments available. So, Mary would use her own methods to try to gain some relief. She would often cut herself with knives in the hopes that it would bleed off the pressure she felt in her head. Okay. Like I said, bleeding was just a, a treatment for some reason. Yeah. I, I definitely have too much blood in me. And as Mary's condition progressed, she started hearing voices. And eventually, she started speaking in different languages. Hmm. Languages she did not know and had no way of learning.
0: Like real languages, not just like gibberish? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Her parents, Asa and Dorothy Roth, were
1: desperate. All they wanted was to help their daughter and provide her some sort of relief for her condition. They felt it was best for Mary and her condition. If they committed her to an insane asylum so she could receive proper treatment or I guess whatever treatment they could give her. So because, I mean, they didn't have much.
0: Yeah. I wonder, though, like, you know, like, what does that mean? Because at the time, like insane asylums were like not great Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: I think for them, it was just they really didn't know what to do with her.
0: Yeah, it was like too much to handle, probably. And
1: there was like doctors were just like, we don't really know what's yeah. going on. And they were like, well, we can't really keep an eye on her 24 7. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes She's sense. cutting herself to give herself mm-hmm. relief. Like, we need to put her in a place where she well, can be monitored. cut her for her, <laughs> maybe lobotomize her. Who oh, yeah. Has? You know, all that, all that kind of shit. So Mary ended up dying in the asylum at the young age of 19. Some sources say in 1865. The year is kind of murky, so we're just going to say 1865 or around there. Mary's death shattered her parents' world. And after Mary's tragic death, her parents turned to spiritualism to try to find meaning and solace in this tragic death. Asa, her father, especially embraced spiritualism. It offered him a glimmer of hope that he would be able to connect with his departed daughter once more. So he really dove into uh, the teachings and practices of spiritualism, like seances and stuff like that. He attended seances with other spiritualists and tried communicating with Mary. He also explored mediumship with automatic writing and he had many interactions with Mary's spirit, which brought him comfort and reassured his belief in the afterlife.
0: Yeah. The spirit. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch of times. Spiritualism was huge at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, like a huge movement that just swept across the country. Also, I think it's really interesting that this was kind of like encouraged and like a widespread like belief at the time. Mm-hmm. When only like 150 years before that, if you said that you were communing with spirits they would burn you or hang you. It was like demon, a witch. witch. Yeah. yeah. But now they're like, oh, he's just talking to his dead daughter. It's fine.
1: Well, I think it was kind of, I would say like half and half, because in, then on the other opposite end of the spectrum, you also had like those uber religious people who were like, that's the work yeah. of the devil. We can't do that. Oh, there's like, always going to you know, be that. But, yeah. But yeah, for I sure. mean, for the most part, people were like, yeah, we want to know. We want to mm-hmm. know what happens when you die, which is, I mean, the age old question. We still, everyone wants to know that, right?
0: Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> good. No, I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. Yeah, who cares? Case
1: sera. <laughs> so that's just a little background for you. I promise it will be vital information to the rest of our story. Which brings us to a girl named Mary Lorency Venom, who also just went by Laurency Venom, which I think is a super dope name.
0: That's a super cool name. Laurency Venom. Yeah.
1: So we'll call her Laurency, as to not confuse with Mary Roth, because I guess her name was also Mary, but she was Mm. Mary Laurency. So Laurency Venom was born in 1864 near Watsika, Illinois. So she was born kind of around the time when Mary died. Mary had passed away. Okay. Lorency was the daughter of of, of respectable parents, and she lived in Watsika, which at the time had a population of about 1,500 people. Lauren C. and her family were Methodists. Her father, George Venom, worked as a carpenter, and her mother, Mary Venom, I guess Mary was the name back then. It was so chic. So chic. Well, Mary, her mother, took care of the household as women did back then.
0: They were also snake handlers, which is where they got the last name Venom. Venom.
1: Laurency was a cheerful child. She was known for her kind-hearted nature and warm demeanor. She attended the local school and was very keen to learn. She was well-liked in school by her classmates and teachers and was very active within the school. Laurency's life was normal and typical of a rural community during that era. It wasn't until the afternoon of July eleventh, 1877, when the turning point in her life came to be. Some accounts pin her at only being 11, but others say she was like 13 or 14, so we'll just say somewhere preteen
0: ish Okay, so pretty young. I'm, I'm sure they didn't keep super great records no. back then. No.
1: So in the afternoon of July 11th, 1877, Laurency was sewing with her mom when she suddenly fell ill. Lurency fell on the floor unconscious and remained in this state for the next five hours. Whoa. And this would be her first episode. <gasps> oh, S- I just got goosebumps. So the following day, a similar occurrence took place, except this time she suddenly fell into an epileptic fit. Lurency Venom was unaware of her surroundings and began to speak. She said she was in heaven. And that she was accompanied by multiple spirits that she described in great deal. So she was at her home, but in her mind she was tran- transported to heaven and she was just seeing spirits everywhere. Okay, I see where this is going. One of those spirits being that of her recently deceased brother. And her super religious parents grew very concerned of Laurence's newfound ability and they thought she had just gone insane. So as time went on, her episodes and her trances, or her fits, as they referred to it, became more and more frequent and longer. And her fits could last from anywhere between one to eight hours. And And they could reoccur three to 12 times a day.
0: Oh my God, this poor girl, dude. Yeah.
1: Her parents sought out medical attention, but it was only 1877 and no doctor knew what was going on.
0: Oh, okay. I've taken a look at your girl and I think I know what the problem is. (laughs) Too much blood. Okay. Here's what we need to do. We need to take out about 80 to 90% of her blood and replace it with morphine. Uh, That's a great idea. I was going to say liquid cocaine, but morphine, you know what? I was just drinking a bottle out in my truck. I'll go get it now and we can use that. I'll spit on it to clean the needle. (laughs) So no one could offer poor lurency venom
1: any remedy or treatment to alleviate her condition. Kind of
0: like Mary Roth. Except, yeah, the bloodletting.
1: Yeah. So by January 1878, Laurency's condition had worsened to the point where her family concluded that she was beyond saving and that there was just no cure for her. And they decided the only option was to admit Laurency to an insane asylum. How interesting. Hmm. So at this point, her father received a visit from none other than Mr. Asa B. Roth. What
0: does B stand for? Bertram. Bertholomew. Bertholomew? <laughs> I is don't a know. Classic name for man. I don't a man. know. They didn't,
1: they didn't, I didn't find anything that <laughs> specifies. Just Asa B. Bodacious. Who you should remember from the beginning of our story. See, he knew of the venoms, but just in a casual way. But he had heard of Lorenzi and her fits and became extremely interested in the case because he knew it was very similar to that of his late daughter, Mary Roth. It was also during this time that Lorenzi was claiming to have communications with the spirit realm. And as we know, Asa was all about spiritualism and he believed that she was truly speaking to the other side. So, he shared the story of his own daughter, Mary, and he told the family that she had exhibited similar conditions to Laurency. He spoke about how Mary, too, seemed to possess supernatural or clairvoyant abilities while she was entranced in her episodes.
0: I wonder if this freaked them the fuck out, dude.
1: Oh, I'm sure it did. Her... Uh, Laurency, the Venoms were extremely religious. They yeah. were Methodists. Yeah. So they weren't even considering that she any of it could be possible. They were just yeah. like, she's insane.
0: Yeah. That's so crazy.
1: hmm So Asa told them how he felt that his daughter Mary was wrongfully labeled as insane, but that he believed that she was truly seeing what she was claiming. And he also believed that Laurency was going through the same thing. Asa truly believed that she had made contact with the spirit world and believed Lauren C. and his own daughter Mary shared these abilities. He felt his daughter was wrongfully labeled insane, and he also felt that Lauren C. was mentally sound and that, that they, they were doing the same thing. They were just meant, they were labeling her as insane yeah, in the like, same way.
0: Yeah, like basically the same thing or something similar is inflicting both of these girls. He believes it. Mm-hmm. Like they're talking to spirits, she's going to heaven, like whatever. And. I'm sure that Lauren's, parents are like, okay, you can leave. (laughs) Right. Sounds like you have a little too much blood. Well, and he knows
1: what, I mean, what happened to his daughter when she went into an insane asylum. I mean, she passed away shortly after. So he was trying to prevent it from happening to their daughter, daughter as well. So Mr. Roth pleaded with Mr. Venom not to commit Laurency and Mrs. Venom was on his side, actually. So they decided to contact a physician from Janesville, Wisconsin, who was a medical professional, but was also a spiritist. There's ghosts in your blood. (laughs) On the afternoon of January 31st, Dr. E. Winchester Stevens. I love these names. They're beautiful. Made his first visit to Laurency, accompanied by Mr. Roth. He found Lorency sitting by a stove, slouched with her elbows on her knees and her hands supporting her chin. Her feet were curled up on the chair and her eyes had a staring, aged appearance. Lorency seemed to be in a bad mood, refusing to even shake hands. And she also addressed her father as Old Black Dick and then her mother as Old Granny.
0: <laughs> old Black Dick and Granny. <laughs> Fucking sick burn
1: flirt. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, she was not herself. This, this old dick
0: bad. over here, fuck him. <laughs> She's just out of it.
1: However, her demeanor changed suddenly when she declared that she realized Dr. Stevens was a spiritual doctor who could assist her because she claimed to be willing to answer
0: any questions he had.
1: Everyone else, she was like, F you. But Dr. Steven, she
0: was like, yeah. Well, because he's taking it seriously. She's right. like, I'm going to heaven. He's believing her. Yeah. And he's like, I know. And she's like, wait, what the what? But old dick and granny <laughs> over here said I'm fucking full of the devil. Old dick and old granny. Old dick and old granny. <laughs> Mom and dad. Mummy. When he questioned
1: her, she stated that her name was not Laurency e. Venom, but it was Katrina Hogan. And she claimed to be a 63-year-old who had arrived from Germany through the air three days prior.
0: That's crazy. That's
1: so cool. Yeah. So that that could be why she was calling her parents' names because she was like, I'm not Lawrence Evan.
0: I don't know you.
1: (laughs) She then altered her tone and admitted to lying and told everyone that she wasn't. Katrina Hogan, she was a boy named Willie Canning, who had passed away but was now here because he wanted to be.
0: I like that. Why are you here? I don't know if I want to. Because I want to be. Because I want to be.
1: (laughs) And this continued for over an hour, causing her parents to perceive it as insane talk. Until suddenly, she threw her hands up and collapsed into a state of rigid catalepsy.
0: Okay, so this is giving split. This is giving schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. This is giving multiple personalities. Yeah. And then this doctor's like, well, no, I know that you're this Sherman lady because you just, like, told me a really great recipe for apple cake.
1: Right. And then
0: she's like, oh, no, I know you're this little boy because you just told me about, like, baseball cards and who the <laughs> fuck gives a shit about that except for <laughs> children. And, and then, then she just falls into this... Yeah. Fainting goat state.
1: Which reminds me, if anyone's seen the movie uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, you know how she like gets in like those like, she's in like a back bend and her hands are all like, and she's rigid and she's Mm -hmm. stiff and she can't move. That, I mean, obviously the movie is way over exaggerated, but that's. I know, right? Movies being not real. It's so weird. That's sort of like what these fits, like like the rigid catalepsy fits that she was going through. She would just kind of be like stuck like that. So, like, I guess think Emily Rose. And it hurts, dude. Like, even, oh, like, yeah. a charley
0: horse hurts. Like, when you get, like, a cramp that hurts like a bitch Imagine, like, your whole body freezing yeah. up. I bet you like, tense. And well, like, yeah, because it's gotta be tensing exhausting. up. Yeah, you got to
1: be, like, super sore after. Man. So, Dr. Stevens continued the questioning of Laurency. As Laurency responded, it became evident that she believed she was no longer on Earth but that she was in heaven surrounded by benevolent spirits different from the previously mentioned Katrina and Willie though
0: doctor I, i'm seeing i'm seeing a man a british a british man he said he will one day come to earth he's playing a piano with his giant glasses on and in a, a purple velvet blazer his name is what was that elvin elvin Don? i just, beautiful voice <laughs> beautiful voice doctor i don't know what's going on the voice of a generation <laughs>
1: Dr. Stevens suggested that Laurency allow herself to be influenced by a spirit who would prevent the return of evil or insane entities to trouble her and her family. So he was
0: like, why don't you let a nice one come in? I got it. I got it, Doctor. <laughs> Hold me closer, Dr. Stevens. <laughs> because his
1: theory was that this spirit would also aid in her like recovery like, he was like, if you let a good one in, maybe they will cure you. It makes
0: perfect sense. Just like, if you eat a broccoli, you won't get
1: rickets. There
0: he yes. I forgot that that's how you were raised.
1: That's what my dad used the to tell me.
0: fear of rickets.
1: If I didn't eat a green vegetable at dinner, I was going to get rickets.
0: You guys, I'm proud to announce Nicole has been ricket-free since 93. I have.
1: Uh, because of those green vegetables I yep. ate, I was terrified not to. <laughs>
0: I don't know what rickets is, but it sounds so it's scary. It's like
1: a it's like a thing that like pirates and shit get because they they're on the sea for like oh. months on end and they <laughs> and can't, can't eat broccoli. fresh <laughs> produce. Like. Oh no! So Laurency agreed to Doctor Stevens with like letting this good spirit in, and mentioned that among the spirits around her was run one recommended by the angels for this specific purpose. It was, she said, the spirit of a young girl who on earth had been named Mary Roth. And she, but she didn't know Mary Roth. She did not know Mary Roth at all.
0: Interesting. I but, wonder if she'd ever heard her name.
1: Well, I mean, Asa was there. Like I said, this yeah. is all.
0: Yeah, all right, keep going. We Come don't on. know
1: what's, what's what was suggested, oh, what was not, yes. if it's real. I mean, choose to believe or yeah. not believe. That's your prerogative, but. Yeah, this is these are the facts that we have presented.
0: You know what it is my prerogative. (laughs) Thank you for reinforcing that. So when she was
1: like, Oh, there's this girl here, her name's Mary Roth, Asa was like, Why? That is my daughter, who has been in heaven these twelve years. Yes,
0: let her come. We'll be glad to have her come. Yes, a classic mid Illinois accent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would know. That's how they speak down there. I would know. That's That's true. So Laurency was like, okay, sure.
1: So now she was now possessed by the spirit of Mary Roth. And Elton John's future spirit was like, oh. He's like, no. (laughs) So she insisted that she was now Mary Roth and she refused to acknowledge her own mother and father and she demanded to be taken to Mr. Roth's house. And hearing this Astounding information, Mrs. Roth and her surviving daughter Minerva, who was now married to a Mr. Alter. So she was Minerva Alter, not Roth.
0: That's also a very cool name, though. I know,
1: right? So they heard of this new development that Mary was supposedly possessing another girl. So they immediately went to visit Laurency. And as she saw them approaching the window, she joyfully exclaimed, Here comes Ma and Nervy! (gasps) Nervy was the nickname that Mary had used for her sister during their
0: childhood.
1: Kind of creepy, right? So how the hell would Lorency know that if she wasn't being possessed by Mary Roth? She did not know the family before this, so she would have no way of knowing that nickname. So Lorency rushed to the door, because also remember, she, was, she wasn't even alive when Mary was alive. She was born, like, as Mary died, so it's not like they hung out. within,
0: like, the same 12-month period, basically. Mm -hmm. So
1: it's not like they hung out or they were in school at the same time, like Mary passed away and then she was born. So. So Laurency rushed to the door and she embraced both of them, showering them with hugs and kisses, all while making references to past events that Laurency, in their opinion, could not have known anything about. So she's, like, bringing up stuff that only Mary would know. Okay. Mr. Roth arrived, and she greeted him in the same affectionate way while treating the members of the Venom family as if they were just complete strangers. I don't know you. That's my purse. (laughs) (laughs) The Venoms at this point believed that Laurency was just completely insane. And the Roths, however, were just delighted they had their girl back.
0: (laughs) just imagining the Venoms being like, no, none of this is real. Like, what the? What fuck? is happening? Lauren C.,
1: or I guess Mary, as she was going by now, said she wanted to go home. And not home with the Venoms, but home with the Roths. And Mrs. Venom wasn't very keen on this, but it was soon decided that Lauren C. slash Mary would go live with the Roths for a little while.
0: Well, I mean, Mr. Venom was like, why don't we just put her in a fucking asylum? Exactly. So I guess what does it matter, Yeah. right?
1: Her dad kind of just wanted to send her off. And her mom was the one who was like, no, no, no. Let's bring in this spiritual doctor. Uh Maybe we can help her another way. And then when she gets possessed, her dad's like, I don't fucking care. I don't want to. Get this devil child and her blood out of my house. Yeah, and her mom's like, but. And they're like, shut up, woman. This is the 1800s. You don't have an opinion. A woman speaking? Yeah. Take her blood. <laughs> That's how I, I just expect that went. On February 11th, she moved into the Roth house, and although the Venoms and the Roths lived on opposite sides of town, Laurence slash Mary seemed to know where the old
0: Roth house was. Interesting.
1: So, at the time of Mary's passing in 1865, the Roths lived in a different house. And when they went to go home, she was confused as to why they were not going to their old home.
0: Oh, wow. So this isn't like a detail that she would know, mm-hmm. period. Because if they moved house completely before like before when she was an infant, yeah. she would have no idea
1: what house they lived mm-hmm. in. She's like, why aren't we going home? And they're like, we don't live there anymore. That's awesome, dude. But obviously Mary doesn't know that because she passed away. Right. That's so cool. Another detail that C should not have known. Uh, Once they got to the house, Laurency slash Mary went through the home, identifying familiar objects. Once again, information that Laurency would know nothing about. Mary, on the other other hand, would know everything about.
0: This is my swear jar. (laughs) Fuck, I found it.
1: The Roths were so happy. I mean, they truly believed that their deceased daughter had come back to life and was currently occupying the body of Laurency Venom.
0: That's fucking cool, dude.
1: They asked how long Mary planned on staying in Laurency's body, and she told them that the angels would allow her to stay until sometime in May. So this is February, remember. So okay. she's, she's got a couple months. She had no memory at all of Lorency or her life, but she recollected everything of Mary's life. But she was also very aware that she was not alive. She was Mary, but she knew she was the spirit of Mary inhabiting the body of another girl.
0: Okay, that's even fucking cooler, dude.
1: Because in one instance, Dr. Stevens asked her, do you remember the time that you cut your arm? To which she replied, yes, indeed. And slipping up her sleeve, she said, I can show you the scar. It was, and then she paused and said, oh, This is not my arm. This is not the arm. That one is in the ground.
0: Whoa! And then
1: proceeded to describe the spot where Mary had been um, cut and buried, and the circumstances attending her funeral.
0: That is so cool. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's in my other body. That's underground. Wrong body. Just kidding. (laughs) Sorry. I thought I put on my other body today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It wasn't just the Roth family who Laurence slash Mary recognized either. She recognized other acquaintances in Mary's life, though some people she did not recognize, but they just chalked that up to there being a significant difference in that person's appearance. I mean, given the time that she had been deceased, right. I think it's like, well, she died when she was 19, then Laurency. It's so like 12 years. It's like 12-ish years. So Yeah. Years. So exactly how old, however old Laurency is. So Dr. Stevens and Mr. Roth conducted many tests to try to prove that what they were dealing with was a spiritual phenomenon. So for example, one day Mr. Roth suggested to his wife that she bring down a velvet hat that used to be Mary's. So they placed the hat on the stand to see if Laurency would recognize it when she came in from playing outside. And to their astonishment, she immediately recognized the hat and even recounted an incident involving the hat.
0: Remember when we got this hat? That was a great day. Like that was... <laughs> no, I think there were more details involved. It was just like, yes, we bought this hat. Remember when I used to wear it on my head? Wow, that was a great Only hat. I could know that, right, guys? <laughs> Someone's like... Why are you wearing that hat on your head? And I was like, because that's where my hat goes, (laughs) silly. That was a great day. (laughs) Great day. (laughs) She then asked about her box of
1: letters, which they retrieved. And she began sorting through and exclaimed, oh, ma, here is a collar I tatted. Why didn't you show me my letters and things before? So she like knew about things that they had of hers. Yeah. And she was like asking for them to bring them out, too. Okay. another thing that only Mary would know so she accurately identified various mementos from Mary's childhood all of which happened long before Laurency was born and she also displayed some of Mary's clairvoyant abilities because if you remember before Mary passed she Mm -hmm. was like saying she was like speaking to ghosts and stuff ma'am I'm sorry my daughter is just (laughs) screaming she's hungry she's honky so on one occasion, she predicted that her brother, Frank Roth, would get sick during the night. And then around 2 o'clock in the morning, Frank experienced symptoms resembling a spasm and a congestive chill. So Lauren C. slash Mary instructed Mr. Roth to go get Dr. Stevens, who happened to live next door. Even though he was supposed to be elsewhere. And Mr. Roth was skeptical, and he he rang the doorbell, but he was surprised to find that the doctor was in fact home. And with Dr. Stevens' assistance, Frank was soon relieved of his sickness. C. Venom remained with the Roth family for over three months, impersonating the spirit that was believed to have possessed her. In early May, she came to Mrs. Roth in tears, stating that Laurency would return and they would have to bid farewell to Mary once more. When suddenly a change came over Laurency slash Mary, she suddenly became disoriented and she was demanding to know her whereabouts and expressing a desire to go home.
0: Oh, wow. So it happened like immediately?
1: So it like flipped and all of a sudden she was back to Laurency
0: she was like mom I'm leaving three two one where the fuck am I well she
1: said I will be leaving and then it, yeah and then it like it popped so you'll see that this happens on and off for Whoa. a little bit Um. so yeah so then she like flipped and she's Laurency all of a sudden and Laurency's like what is going on commencing body swap in <laughs> three two where am I <laughs> So Mrs. Roth explained that Mary's spirit had controlled her in order to help cure her body. And she assured her that her parents would be summoned. However, within five minutes of her freaking out and being Laurency again, she reverted to her previous state. And then she was Mary once again. And then she, her mom was overjoyed at her return. And she was like, wow, I'm allowed to come back.
0: I'm just gonna say, if this is a grift, what a good fucking grift. Dude, man. right. Yeah. Right? Like, oh shit, you're gonna bring me back to them? I commencing body swap in <laughs> three, two, mommy! Exactly. I'm back. Exactly. So for several days
1: she alternated between these two states.
0: She is starving to death. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm
1: gonna have to put a muzzle on her. I'm hoping we get a clear meow. I'm pretty sure we've had a few. For several days, she altered between these states, occasionally returning to her original self. And on the morning of May 21st, she announced that this was her final goodbye. So she bid farewell to the neighbors before embarking on a journey with Mr. Roth back to the Venom's household.
0: She did that like dance where she's like, so long, farewell of you to say that She like around music, music the to out of there. again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sound of music out. So, I mean, like she said, she said, I uh, the angels will allow me to stay till May, and then come May 21st, she's back to Laurency. Wow. So throughout this journey to the Venom's house, there were abrupt shifts in her personality, switching between Mary and Laurency. However, once she got to the Venom household, she was 100% Lorency. And she even addressed um, Mr. Roth as Mr. Roth. And not father. Oh. So there was no trace of Mary left in her. And to the Venom's relief, Laurency was no longer tormented with her fits and her previous strange behavior of saying she could see spirits and shit. She appeared healthy, mentally sound, and fully cured thanks to the intervention of Mary's spirit as Dr. Stevens had suggested.
0: That is so cool.
1: Which, can we for a second just talk about, like, yes, this went very well for Laurence. Uh Mary Roth, similar similar situation, didn't work out for her. She's like, okay, I'll go in this woman's body, I'll Uh cure her. What if it wasn't Mary Roth, though? What if somebody else went in her body and it was like an evil demon pretending to be nice?
0: is not here, Mr. Roth. <laughs> right? I'm like, that's such a wild thing to yes. suggest. To be like, you know what? Why don't you let one of them take control of your body? See, usually I say there's too many ghosts in your blood, but today I'm going to say put more ghosts in your blood. Welcome one of them. A nice one, though. Like I think one more ghost in this girl's blood will do her good. You know, like the whole thing is like demons
1: lie and yeah or malicious and stuff it's like what if she picked the wrong one like I know she said the <gasps> angels guided her f- to marry Roth but feel like she could have easily been misguided
0: Lucifer <laughs> was an angel exactly
1: exactly so I don't know Dr. Stevens maybe don't suggest that again oh don't s- worry he's
0: super dead I'm he's sure he's not gonna do that I'm ever again sure <laughs> But he tried it with, like, every other person he saw for a while. Like, Dr. Stevens, my knee is broken. Have you considered letting ghosts in your blood? Have
1: you considered, like, a light possession? Just a couple of months, take a little vacation, just sleep it off for a little bit. And then let a spirit, but make sure it's a nice one. Enter
0: your body and cure you. I mean, see if there's a nice one, but if there's not, like, work with what you got, you know? (laughs) Like, whatever you can get. Whatever you can get at this point. And Elton John's up in heaven like, here's my chance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not now, Elton! (laughs) But, I mean, like we said, medical advancements and like treatment like this was the treatment
0: they were eating radium because it was good for you (laughs)
1: right one of the treatments was let yourself be possessed by a spirit was (laughs) a cure and treatment in the 1800s in a book he read once so the events surrounding Lorenzi's possession has captivated had captivated the people of watsika and the surrounding area However, it wasn't until 3 months after the possession had ended that the wider public became aware of the case. Dr. Stevens wrote 2 detailed articles for the Religio Philosophical Journal, published on August 3rd and August 10th of 1878, called Angels,
0: Colin, Do you want them in your blood? <laughs> Angel blood.
1: And these articles provided a comprehensive a comprehensive account of the events and emphasized Laurency's ongoing well-being.
0: That's what I'm saying about like like this being like the standard of medical doctoring at mm-hmm. the time. They're like, "Yeah, publish it two times." Right? For sure. Hey, look That's at real. check this out. Look how we cured a human. And on the next page it's like eating glass colon good for your teeth question <laughs> mark. <laughs> Eating glass.
1: <laughs> you got that glass-eating glow about you. <laughs> Thank you. I've been eating glass. <laughs> Dr. Stevens firmly believed that Mary Roth's spirit had truly revisited Earth in Laurency's body and that this vi- that visit was the reason for her cure. This spiritist perspective presented by Dr. Stevens and Mr. Roth was naturally contested by skeptics.
0: Yeah, no shit.
1: <laughs> Just thought they were full of shit. Because yeah. I
0: mean... <laughs> oh, okay. There was a possessed girl that you told another girl who was dead to go inside of, and now she's good? Okay. Now she's cured. Sure. Call the Mayo Clinic. Right. <laughs> the,
1: the Roths' credibility was questioned because they believed that the Roths and the Venoms were in on it together. So they're like, clearly these families are pranking us. Like we're getting punked. This isn't they they
0: planned all of this. I was wondering why he was wearing that trucker hat. <laughs> that won't even come into style for two hundred more years. Well,
1: the angels told them that it would be on trend. So
0: Von Dutch, we hate the Dutch.
1: <laughs> so in uh in order to like I guess make his case. Mr. Roth wrote a lengthy letter to the religio-philosophical journal denying any fraud and provided the names of individuals who could vouch for his integrity. He concluded his letter by saying that he would not risk his reputation by participating in the publication of a false narrative. So following this, the religio-philosophical journal published several letters from reputable professionals in Illinois who endorsed Mr. Roth's character. The editor, Colonel J.C. Bundy. Amazing.
0: John Candy Bundy is his name. John
1: Candy Bundy, the first. (laughs) This
0: is an amazing 1800
1: name. Amazing. So he expressed his confidence in the truthfulness of the narrative, saying that he knew the witnesses personally, And he considered their accounts to be truthful.
0: If my friend says there's a dead girl's body inside of his daughter, then I believe him. Exactly. Colonel Bundy
1: also... (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. It just is. I don't know why. (laughs) Colonel Bundy also vouched for Dr. Stevens, stating that he had known the physician for years and had complete confidence in his honesty.
0: That man has taken several gallons of my blood.
1: (laughs) I trust him irreputably. What do you think they did with all the blood they were seeping from people? I don't know.
0: Drank it.
1: Vampires. What if the doctors were vampires and that's why they used it as treatment? Whoa. (gasps) So they could go undetected.
0: Whoa. Oh my God. Oh my God. Did I just figure it out? Oh my God. Was that a knock on our door? Oh shit.
1: They're onto us. So with these endorsements and testimonials, more and more people started to believe that it actually might be true.
0: I have to say, though, it's just like three men being like, no, he's a good guy. Trust him. Right. And like, that's all it took. (laughs) Uh, My name, I'm a colonel. So what I say is probably true. By the way, my wife made you some delicious fried chicken. Mm hmm. That was a Colonel Sanders joke.
1: I know. Oh, okay. I, I just had a burp, and I was like,
0: hmm Pulling a Chad. <sighs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so at this point, Richard Hodg- Hodgson? Hodgson. 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 So he enters the picture, and he was known for his work with the Society for Psychical Research.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hodgson had initially come to the United States to investigate transmediumship, However, upon learning about the Venom mystery, he just had to visit Watsika in April of 1890. So Hodgson conducted thorough interviews with the surviving witnesses, including Mr. and Mrs. Roth and Mrs. Alter, who was Mary's sister, Nervy. And he also interviewed several neighbors who had firsthand knowledge of the possession because she wasn't it wasn't like they just kept her in the house and like, we're like, we have to keep her here. Like she was like fully walking around the neighborhood, like talking to old friends, like, hey, it's me, Mary.
0: It's me, it's me, Jessica. Mary.
1: <laughs> so they all answered his questions openly, corroborating the facts presented in Dr. Stevens' narrative. And they even provided some more information about the occurrence. That Dr. Stevens didn't publish. So, I mean, Dr. Stevens published the things that he witnessed, but Mm -hmm. they were like, well, yeah, but we also like she brought up this one thing like with us that like she would have never known. She
0: was telling everyone about that one time that I peed my pants at church, but okay, it didn't actually pee my pants. I spilled water on it. Okay, it It was was lemonade. It was lemonade. How would she have known
1: that? And then everyone in the neighborhood started calling me mister Pee P-Pants all over again. Because people don't forget, okay? So now I'm just fucking Pee pants (laughs) So much of this new information focused on the question of identity and supported the theory of reincarnation. It was also revealed that while Laurency had grown into a healthy
0: adult woman...
1: She had experienced occasional returns of Mary's spirit in the years following the original possession.
0: Oh, how interesting. Like summer vacation.
1: Yeah. So it would just like kind of click on and click off. But it didn't last for too long. But it, they were there. So she wasn't fully lurency 100%. Three.
0: Two.
1: <laughs> However, these occurrences ceased after her marriage to a man who had no interest in spiritism. So he kind of like just put a kibosh on the whole thing. Oh, Which I'm wondering if they continued and maybe, like, they she just didn't say anything because he didn't want to hear it anymore. Absolutely. You know, they were just so, like, infrequent anyways, so he's probably just like, I'm just going to keep it to myself. He had two wives and he never knew. Mm -mm. Although Hodgson recognized the Roth family for already being into the spiritual world, he acknowledged the fact that could have just that they could have just been exaggerating and just, you know, happy to see that they had their daughter back in any way. But he concluded that the evidence presented to him was too compelling and that there must have been something supernatural happening here. So this guy has no, doesn't know mm-hmm. any of the people in this circumstance, literally is from Germany, comes here, investigates the case, and is like, show I've, me the child. He's like, I've spoken to all the people. He's like, it's supernatural. Like, that's what he that was decided. Like, that was his final, final answer. <laughs> in an account published in the Religio-Philosophical Journal, Hodgson describes, described the case as unique among supernatural occurrences and admitted that he could not find any satisfactory interpretation of it other than a spiritualistic one.
0: I'm going to say something. Don't get mad. Okay. Either this is real, mm-hmm. and this actually happened, which I don't not believe, mm-hmm. or she simply had schizophrenia. That and they is, did a- not know what that was, because it was 1877. Possibility.
1: It's literally, that is, I mean, the skeptics will tell you that, that she did. But then you have to counter it with, well, how did she know all these things then?
0: I mean, I believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. I think that this could fully be real. Oh yeah, totally. I'm totally. just saying that they're like, we've never yeah. seen something like this. Well, well, and that's the thing with any—I
1: mean, any supernatural case that we've ever covered. It's like, despite it doesn't matter how compelling the evidence is, there's always going to be that one person who's like, well, actually, it could be this because it could be people. It just, could be anything and
0: everything all at once. I whoa, <gasps> that's why she had hot dog fingers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've met, like, full adult women, like, in the year 2023 that do not believe germ theory is real. Literally a quote from a woman I know is, it's called germ theory, not germ fact. Like, no. Oh, my God. No. Just that's not. Listen to what you're saying. What? So, like, there's always going to be people that doubt it. For even sure. hard scientific For sure.
1: evidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, till this day, people still deny Come scientific on.
0: evidence. <laughs> It's just a theory. Nope. No, it's not.
1: (laughs) So for people who chose to not believe in the spiritualistic explanation, uh, others believe that this case can be explained by secondary or multiple personality disorder. Yeah. So secondary personality disorder can happen as a result of illness. It could be a blow, a shock, a blow to the head, a shock, or any other type of trauma. That can literally just make a person believe they are a different person. For example, the case of Reverend Thomas C. Hanna. After a carriage accident, Mr. Hanna lost consciousness of his identity. Memories of his past and basic abilities were just completely gone. However, he acquired a new personality with independent traits.
0: So sort of like an amnesia, like flip and reverse thing?
1: Yeah, so he... Just like completely lost who he was as a person mm-hmm. and thought he was a different person, like a different personality.
0: Oh, my God. And then he could suddenly play piano and he wanted to wear giant glasses all the time. <laughs> She'll name my son Levon.
1: <laughs> so in most cases of secondary personality, some characteristics of the original self are retained, like your ability to read and write, like your basic human Abilities. Okay, so you just don't, like, lose literacy. Right. Okay. But the new personality, it's, like, you think you're a completely different person. Like, you assume a new name, everything. So in another case that is an example is the case of Ansel Bourne. Of Bourne Identity Fame. Jason Bourne's great, great grandpa. Ansel. <laughs> of course. Just, I know. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. So So Ansel Bourne was transformed into A.J. Brown (gasps) and was just completely unaware of his former life. And he even started like life afresh, like a new life as a shopkeeper in Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, my God. You know what's so crazy about that? I heard this one story about this guy and he moved, I think it was to like Arizona or something. Mm -hmm. And he became um, just a regular human bartender. What was his name? His name? Was, Jackie Daytona. It, you've heard of him.
1: <laughs> regular human bartender. Yeah. Jackie Daytona. Yeah, he just
0: started a new life as a regular human bartender. Came out of nowhere. Jackie Daytona. You can't see him in mirrors, though. It's. It weird. was crazy. You've heard of this. Jackie <laughs> he always <Daytona>. wore dungarees.
1: <laughs> so based on these cases,
0: it's not all three of these cases. All, all
1: three of these medical cases that definitely exist <laughs> and are real. Um, Based on these cases, it's not unreasonable to suggest that Laurency's condition falls into the same category. I mean, she did have the loss of her original self. She had the development of a new self. It resembled the patterns observed in the other cases. The only difference is that Laurency didn't claim to be a completely new created person. Mm. She claimed to be the spirit of a dead girl. And her personality was backed by knowledge of this dead girl's life and all of the circumstances in it.
0: Yeah, and she also kind of seemed to know that she was, like, piloting someone else's vehicle. Mm -hmm. She, like, recognized. She's like, oh, wait, I'm the spirit. This isn't my body.
1: That's crazy. So with Laurency's case, something to me definitely weird was going on. I don't know. Just very, it's very odd. Bill. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. But in this case, strange things were afoot in Watsika, Illinois. Whoa. I bet they have a Circle K. I'm sure they do now. (laughs) (laughs) But skeptics also say that they claim that she was heavily led by the power of suggestion, or she could have been heavily led by the power of suggestion, primarily from Mr. Roth, who firmly believed she was possessed by the spirit of his daughter. And I mean, I
0: mean... I could see it. Well, I could see it if he wanted yeah, his daughter back. Exactly. I guess,
1: like, he was already into spiritualism. He mm-hmm. was already, like, all for it, doing seances, believed in the spirit realm. He was there when Dr. Stevens suggested she let somebody come into her body. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was like, I think there's a Mary here. And he was like, wait, is it a Mary
0: Roth? And yeah. she was like, yes. It's like, it's like those gallery readings where they're like, I'm yes. sensing... Mm -hmm. I'm sensing a human's died and someone's like, I know a human's died.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly like that because people, I mean, if someone you love dies, you want to believe that they're trying to communicate to you from the other side. Absolutely. Even if it's like completely far fetched, and you're like, I'm seeing the color blue.
0: Oh my God. The sky is blue and my brother used to live on the planet with the sky. Yes. You. Is it him? He's here. He's here. It's gotta be him. Yeah. So like, yeah, shit like that does happen all the time. I wonder, I mean, obviously we'll never, there's zero chance of ever knowing this because that would be an alternate timeline, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if she had also chosen Mary Roth if Asa wasn't in the room.
1: I know. That's another, that's another really good point.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, she could have, who knows? Literally no one will ever know. But then,
1: I mean, without Asa Roth, Dr. Stevens would never be called. That's true. And then. Oh God. Yeah. It's all kind of like wrapped up together. So who knows? I like to choose to believe this one, though, because I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Another suggestion by skeptics was that Lauren C. Venom made the whole thing up because she was in love with the Roth boys and wanted to be near them, so she pretended to be the spirit of their deceased sister,
0: which is insane to me. I'm your sister, should we kiss? (laughs) Like, what?
1: Well, the whole thing was that, like, And you know how she was like, I want to go home, Mm -hmm. is that she wanted to go to the Roth home because she wanted to be closer to the boys.
0: She literally could have just dated one of them. Right. Like, it's not. But the thing is, is though, like, after the fact, like, after she
1: was back to Lurency and went home, she didn't try to date them. She
0: married a completely different man. (laughs) Right.
1: So, I don't know. That just seems kind of like, I don't know. Mansplaining to me. Yeah, that feels like a yes. A man came up with that for right. sure. I mean, we've all done stupid things for a person we like, but come on. If she were able to,
0: you know, pretend to be their dead sister, right? that is the most fucked up thing you Dude, could ever do. If she were able to commit to the
1: bit that hard at thirteen for a boy, this girl deserves an Oscar. That's all I'm saying. Like absolutely where where is this award for her because right a oh, boy
0: she never even goes on to date yes yeah. yes so that to me just
1: seems a little far-fetched that was like a little so i was reading a book in this case it was like a bunch of like weird cases in like yeah. old america like uh-huh. 1800s america and this was obviously one of the cases it was primarily where i got most of my information from but it was like a little so they had the whole story and then it was like a little asterisk at the end and oh, it was okay. like by the way, some people also think that Lauren C was just obsessed with the Roth boys and she made this whole shit up like no how would she but how would she know like did she like research the family before like if she
0: really did all of that there's no fucking way kudos, dude. Kudos girl. Like I kudos guess. to you. I mean, play the long game, but it <laughs> yeah. didn't even pan out, so no.
1: <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> Lauren C. Venom went on to live a very healthy life. She ended up being the mother of 11 kids. Nope. So many kids. That's a lot of kids. And she was well-respected in her neighborhood. So I guess regardless of what you believe or don't believe, this was America's first ever documented possession. Whoa. So it's pretty important to American ghost history either way.
0: That's crazy. Pretty crazy, right? That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also, 11 children. 11 children. No shit. Imagine pushing those things out. Nope. That's <laughs> no shit. Wow.
1: Yeah. And she, I read that, like, she didn't, she had fits, like, every now and then, like, you know, how, like, Mary would come back and mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, as she grew older, they kind of
0: just, like, went away. Well, her husband didn't like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, actually, Laurencey had 10 children. Mary had one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. Haha, <laughs> there it is. There she is.
1: We need that stickers or something. I know. In two thousand and nine, the movie The Possessed, a documentary on the case, was released by our homeboys, the Booth Brothers. We love them. we love the Booth Brothers. We had the pleasure of meeting them at Paracon last year. And they are little gems. They are
0: little gems.
1: We bought books from them. They signed our books. We're besties. Love them. We're friends on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Texting it up. So I haven't watched it, but I wanna go back. It's not a movie. They do a lot of horror movies too, which you guys should check out. Um, but it's a documentary about the case. So it's oh, like they go to it. the town and they like investigate and stuff. Yeah. So I couldn't I think it's on their network. I don't think you can like rent it anywhere. I think you have to their spooked TV network. You have to um Look it up on there. But the Ghost Brothers also investigated the former Roth House, which this is the best part of this entire episode. The former Roth House mm-hmm. is available to rent on Airbnb. What? Mm-hmm. Are we going? I definitely want to do that, and I think we should. Wait, we should go. It is super inexpensive too. It's only ninety nine dollars a night. Oh,
0: but well, you know what? The cleaning fee eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but
1: it's fine. Watsika is like three hours from us, Let's and someone's gonna be like, no, go. "No, it's
0: not. It's two hours and fifteen minutes." You don't know our address. <laughs> also, this house is adorable. Yeah, it's
1: and it's. I think it sleeps like six people. We could do <gasps> like
0: girls' weekend. And invite some the girls and the ghosts. Yeah,
1: so that's all I got for you. That is the case of the first ever documented possession in American history.
0: That was really cool. Um, If anyone wants us to cover any other possessions, email us at quietunusualpod at gmail.com. And if you want to come hang out at the Airbnb with us, email us at Pod. Actually, text us, because if you have our numbers, then you can come. Shout out to KDT for that suggestion once again. Katie, do you want to go to the Airbnb? (laughs) Because you can. You can come with us. Let's go. That was a fun one.
1: Yeah. So we don't have a listener mail for you on this episode, but if you would like to send us one, if you want to hear us uh, read your scary ghost stories, maybe yeah. your possession stories, yeah. you can send us um, your creepy, cool stories to quite unusual pod at
0: gmail.com. Also, if you want to hang out with us on the social medes, we're on the Facebook, we're on the Instagram, we're on the Twitter, we're on all the things. Basically, we're on the Patreon too, which is like super cool. You can find us there. You can find us on OnlyFans at Quite Unusual. We are not on OnlyFans. Stop saying that. People will be looking for us. They do, and I think it's funny. Um, But yes, we do have a Patreon. So if you want to also support our show with your dollars, and we do some fun hangouts, we do some cool stuff. people know what patreon is right it's like a website yeah. where like you can like get bonus content and like we have events and like we send out like little prezzies like lots of fun stuff so you can find us on patreon.com slash quite unusual pod and we actually have a couple new members
1: to, uh joining our coven which is what we call our patreon group of people also
0: we're witches <laughs> so it is a witch coven <laughs> i would like to personally welcome mike a welcome to like to welcome
1: Melanie M. And also, I'd like to welcome Cassandra and Maddie M. Welcome to the coven. Welcome to the coven. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual.
0: Bye. And this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> oh, yes. It is. The part where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, coven members and all around, benevolent beings.
1: To Tim M. Some say when you hear the howl of a werewolf on a full moon's night, that it's actually just Tim M. howling at the moon. Don't be afraid of him. He's just a
0: little feral, just a little bit just a little bit. To Evan K. Believe it or not, Evan K. is undead. Mm. Yep, he got bit by a space vampire, and now he can never die. Although he does have to eat stardust, moon rocks, and astronaut blood to survive, but like, it's totally worth it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, that's totally, I would do the same thing. KTT,
1: T. A space vampire who swears she has never met Evan K. and definitely didn't bite him. We're not sure we believe her,
0: though, but whatever. Mm, Likely story. Mm. Adam Kay, who once used dowsing rods not to find an underground spring, but to find the nearest Taco Bell with Baja Blast on Mm. tap. Yes, I would have done the same thing. We would go to the ends of the earth to find Baja Blast. We totally understand it. Also say Baja Blast with this accent. Baja Blast. Just feels right. Baja. Baja. Baja.
1: <laughs> John S. Rumor has it John S. challenged Michael Keaton in a game of checkers. And lost in two moves. He doesn't want to talk about it, but I have a feeling it was brutal. Because that guy's
0: got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Nothing. Especially not a game of checkers. Mm-mm. Caitlin R., Caitlin tried to buy Eye of Newt and Horn of Toad at her local grocery store, and they asked her to leave.
1: That's so weird. I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe it's oh, not- they didn't have organic, or... Mm, maybe, maybe. Alex I heard she rides a unicorn to work every day, and the unicorn can talk, and also she will let you pet her unicorn if you ask nicely. So, um...
0: Can Can we we pet pet your unicorn, unicorn? please? Please, pretty please. Jeff S. isn't afraid of ghosts. Hmm. Honestly, he told us that he's like not scared at all. He made sure to write down that he didn't scream when he saw one. He was just asserting his dominance. And also he was practicing for a horror movie that he's auditioning for. He's not scared of ghosts. And he wants people to stop saying that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I believe him. Methinks the Jeff doth protest too much. Lenore M. Lenore
1: led us into her fight club, but almost immediately kicked us out because we wouldn't stop telling people about the fight club. It's just so cool, though.
0: I mean I know it's rule number one, but like
1: mm. was are meant to be broken? I think so. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are
0: nothing. We're we're nothing. We're not worthy. We're not worthy of your love. We're not worthy of bar Blast. We're not worthy not of even. being in the Fight Club. We're not worthy of hearing Tim's howls. We're not even like a little tiny bit worthy. Uh, well, maybe like a little bit, right? I think we're worthy. Like, like how much? Like five percent, seven percent, thirteen percent, sixty-nine percent,
1: sixty-nine percent. We're
0: sixty-nine percent worthy, so we worthy. take it back. Actually, yes. mm-hmm. okay. Bye. Bye.